Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Precious Lord was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s favorite song. He often invited gospel singer Mahalia Jackson to sing it at civil rights rallies to inspire the crowds. At his request, she sang it at his funeral in April 1968. King's last words were, just before being shot, to play this song at a mass that he was supposed to attend that night. Opera singer Leontine Price sang it at the state funeral of President Lyndon B. Johnson in January 1973, and Aretha Franklin sang it at Mahalia Jackson's funeral in 1972. It was sung by Nina Simone at the Westbury Music Festival on April 7, 1968, three days after the murder of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. This is the problem with knowing what's coming in the sermon. When the darkness appears and the night draws near and the day is past and gone, at the river I stand, guide my feet, hold my hand. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Have you known a time in your life when it was almost gone? When were you tired, weak, and worn? When did you need a hand, lest you fall? We humans think we can go it alone until we can't. We usually think we're self-sufficient, self-contained, and self-reliant until something comes and so thoroughly sweeps us off our feet that we are utterly disoriented. Who or what do we seek in these moments? How do we cry out for help? When do we plead, Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home? Now, it's not too often in a Unitarian Universalist church that we refer to God as Lord, nor do we often grant God hands in the same way that the song so clearly speaks of. We are rightly wary of supernaturalism. We are rightly and justly prudent in our use of mythology. But we are just as in need of metaphor and meaning as any other religious people. We are just as in need of mystery and wonder. We are just as in need of help and assistance. To sing, Take My Hand, Precious Lord, in a Unitarian Universalist church only speaks to the universality of our own religious needs. It only speaks of the common destiny that we share with all other humans. And oh, what a difference it could make if we would allow ourselves to surrender some of that self-reliance in times of trouble. Oh, how we might be able to move from fear to calm with much more grace. One of the most frightening events of my life happened just a couple of years ago on a solo kayaking trip in the Adirondacks. 
I was headed into one of my favorite lakes at the end of May for seven days of solitude. Since it was early in the season and a Monday, I was the only one registered in the sign-in book at the boat put-in. Park rangers were not yet on the lake for the season either. The kayak was really loaded down, and my dog, Rosie, was in her usual place between my knees in the cockpit. It's not easy to paddle with 50 pounds of pit bull between your knees. (laughs) The day was a bit chilly and windy, but not too stormy to paddle. Roughly three hours from the put-in, I came to a narrow channel that I had to cross at the base of the lake. There was no way to proceed on my route but to cross this channel, and the wind had picked up a bit. I rechecked my life vest, and I chose a path across the channel and began to paddle for the other side. About halfway across, I knew that I was in trouble. The waves changed directions slightly and began to come into the boat. They were very cold. Rosie was complaining, but she was still. I changed course a bit to be in sync with the waves, but this made the path longer. My arms were tired. It was fear and adrenaline that kept me going. As the boat took on more water, I began to pray, and I was praying out loud. I didn't care. No no qualms about what I was doing. If I took on too much water, Rosie and I would have to swim for the shore as the boat went down with all of our gear in it. We were utterly alone in a remote place, and the thought terrified me. I dug deeper and prayed louder. Who knows what I was saying? The wind did not calm down, and the waves did not lessen, but the praying made me feel not so alone in the midst of this crisis. It allowed me to calm my fears and to attend to the task at hand, getting to the other shore. Slowly and steadily, I made it. Pulling up on the bank in safety, I got out of the kayak and sat there for a few moments. I had the shakes that one gets after an adrenaline rush. You know the kind. Rosie shook herself off. We regrouped, ate some food, bailed out the kayak, and then continued on our journey. I want you to know that I am a very careful kayaker and have great respect for this lake, and it surprised me with its force. To face my fear, it required of me more than I knew that I had. We can all be well prepared in this life, and it is still going to throw us for a loop. A cancer diagnosis, an automobile accident, the loss of a job, the death of a parent or a child or a spouse, a financial disaster, a divorce, a fire. None of us is exempt from the winds and the waves of life. Prepare as we might, something will happen to each and every one of us that swamps the boat. Something will quickly arise that requires us to seek deep calm from within ourselves so that we might face it. 
one of the most famous stories about Jesus of Nazareth, is the story of him calming a storm on the Sea of Galilee. Many of you probably have heard this story before. It must have been one of the most popular stories about him because it appears in all three of the Synoptic Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I like Mark's version best, so listen to this. After a day of preaching and teaching among the crowds, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across the sea to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, and a great storm of wind arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care if we perish? And Jesus awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? As with all Bible stories, there are a number of ways that we could hear this account. One would be to ascribe supernatural powers to Jesus so that he could change the laws of physics and actually make a storm cease. Another, I think, more powerful way of hearing the story is to examine Jesus' question to the disciples once the danger has passed. Why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? Rather than showing off his power, what if Jesus was pointing to the inner resources the disciples had to withstand a storm? I hear him saying, calm yourselves. You have experienced storms before. You have what it takes to get through this one, too. I'm delighted by the, the, by the detail in the story that Jesus is asleep during the storm, and they need to go wake him up. Is this not always the way it is? We never panic until the storm is upon us. We never realize the true need for our spiritual resources until life demands them of us. Taken metaphorically, the story tells us that the spiritual teacher is always with us. She might be asleep on a cushion much of the time, but when we are really in need of her, all we have to do is wake her up. But fear, oh, fear is dangerous and powerful. In the spiritual life, fear leads to inertia. We get so frozen with fear that we do not know how to go forward. We begin to panic. We forget to wake up the spiritual teacher when we need her. We cannot change our course. We just try to do what we've been doing, only harder and harder. Spiritual director James Martin says, A healthy fear may remind fishermen to guard against contingencies like a storm, but in the spiritual life, fear can lead to the inertia of hopelessness. It can paralyze us, destroy our trust, crush our hope, turn us inward, and make us do unhealthy things. Unchecked, he says, it can lead us into despair if we conclude that only woe can come out of the present situation which is an implicit denial of God's ability to do the impossible. 
while we would have a broader notion of God than James Martin, one that would even include no God. We understand what he is saying. He's saying that if we let fear take over our lives, it will lead to hopelessness. It will paralyze us and destroy our trust. Fear will crush our hopes and turn us toward unhealthy ways. And if we ever let fear get the best of us, it will turn us toward despair. Reverend Thomas A. Dorsey wrote, Precious Lord, in response to his inconsolable bereavement of the death of his wife, Nettie Harper, in childbirth, and his infant son in August 1932. Known as the father of black gospel music, Dorsey was at one time so closely associated with the field that songs written in the new gospel style were sometimes known as Dorsey's. I imagine this minister and musician so devastated by the deaths of his wife and his son that he did the only thing that he knew how to do. He wrote a pleading song for help. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. I am tired. I am weak. I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Sitting at his piano, Dorsey sought spiritual solace from deep within. He spoke the words of his tradition and pleaded with his Lord for help. When my way goes drear, precious Lord, linger near. When my life is almost gone, hear my cry, hear my call, Hold my hand, lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. In his despair, Dorsey found a way to express his longing and find his center. He turned his fear into calm. He surrendered himself to the new thing that life required of him, not surrendering alone, but profoundly connected to a spiritual tradition In turning grief into music, Thomas Dorsey gave a gift to many. He gave a gift to us. When the darkness appears and the night draws near and the day is past and gone, at the river I stand, guide my feet, hold my hand. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Jesus asks, Why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? He asks, How might you turn from fear to calm? How might you reach out your hand that will surely reach back for yours? We cannot avoid the storms in life. We do not live in a world that is fair. Our boat will always take on water. We will always be asked to do things that we do not think we have the strength for. But the greatest truth is this. You are not alone. You are not alone in the storm. You are not alone in the darkness. You are not alone even in the depths of your own despair. 
when death and sorrow and disappointment come, you are not alone. You are loved. You are held. You will be led home. So be it. Amen. Amen.